Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oatari Dorgan. And with me, as always, is a man who really knows how to kick some zombie ass. I am the Adam Glass. And Pat, did you watch the wrong Z? I might have, it seems like. Oh, no. No, I was like just looking at the Wikipedia page and it's like, not to be confused with this Z or this Z or this other Z. And I was like, and I don't even think that's a comprehensive list. I think there are other Zs <laughs> that I have seen there before, are... like heard of before, so... Well, there's, there was a, a German horror movie, I think, called Z that was probably a zombie movie that came out fairly recently. Um, there's also the World War Z. Right. That's kind of where I was zombie media. probably thinking of. Yeah, uh, there is. Yeah. I mean, I can think there's of There's so many. Like, Z is the right go-to, right. like, oh, I want to I wanna yeah. make my, like, I want to tell everybody this is about zombies without, like, writing zombie without in the <laughs> title because that's, that's right, act. Right. I don't want to write, like, yeah. I don't want to write the word World War Zombie. I'll write World War Z, and everybody will know. Yes. Pat, before we get into the movie this week, I want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash lost in criteria. Over there for just a dollar a month, you can help keep us going and get some bonus oh, content. Oh, yeah, bonus content. We need an air horn we do right a there. Non- an air horn. Post. We do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perfect. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, we, do, uh, we do a non-criterion film over there every month. And supporters get to vote on what movie it's going to be and get access to all of the past episodes as well over there. Uh, you won't get to vote on the past episodes. I'm sorry. That's not how time works. <laughs> we created this internet time machine just for you. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we have fun over there. Uh, if supporters want to suggest lists, I'm gl- I gladly take those suggestions. And usually if a supporter suggests the list or a particular movie and that movie wins, I will invite that person, if timing works out, to be on the episode. So we have a lot of fun conversations with movies that people really love with with the people who really love them. Uh, so, you know, it's it's just it's fun to talk. It is. To it like is. It, it, yeah, it's, we, it's more. It's actually more fun yeah. than not not to yeah. like belittle what we do here. But, yeah, it's really fun yeah. to talk to people who. Uh, especially in the bonus, they didn't, I, like love the thing we're talking about. Right, right. right. Uh, you know, occasionally we get to have that experience on the main podcast, right? It's but rare. It it's is, become more rare now yeah. that we've slowly run out of Kurosawa films and things like that. <laughs> right, like, right. Not right, that we right, have, because right, there's millions of them, but like still plenty. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh but yeah, uh, that's all a dollar a month. Uh, and we've watched, you know, we watched some fun stuff over there. We've watched Critters Two. We've watched. Uh, uh, the Americanization of Emily. We watched Salt of the Earth very recently, which uh, has some. Uh, I thought about Salt of the Earth a lot while watching this week's movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Salt of the Earth was a wonderful movie. So uh, even if you don't go support us at patreon.com slash lost in criterion, go find Salt of the Earth. It's on YouTube. Just yeah, watch it. You should. It's a good it's, movie. It's really worth watching. Uh, doesn't matter if you listen to our episode about no, it. Just, just go watch the movie. The movie. <laughs> uh, it's 90 minutes. That's it doesn't $1. even take very long. Yeah. Right, right, right. A little above that $5 for the folks who uh, who can afford to and want to help us keep going a little bit more. Uh, we like to thank those people on air. And thank you so much to our current $5 supporters, Eric Coronado, Chris Otto, and Stephen yes, Goldmeyer. Thank you very much. 
A little above that, we do something that I think is pretty dang special. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we've watched recently. I get that printed up on a postcard and once a month mail it off as a little personalized thank you note to our $10 and above supporters. We also like to thank those people on there. So thank you so much to Michael McGrath, to Patrick Yako, Adam Speakerman, Nina Bojnak, and Jason Westhaver. Thank you very much, all of you. Yeah, very happy to have your support and very happy that you're all listening. Thank you so much. Again, that is patreon.com slash lost in criterion. But if you want to see those postcards without signing up, you can head over to redbubble.com, search for lost in criterion there, and you can uh, see Pat's art. It's pretty fun. You can also buy, yeah, you buy can the buy postcards it. if you want. Yeah. Buy Pat's art as a, as a large poster to hang on your wall. I, I have on occasion thought about like some of, some of the art, would be would work like it doesn't always work because like like sometimes i produce things at high enough quality and then scale them down right right and then sometimes right. like i'm working with pretty limited uh Capacities. yeah and it's like yeah. oh it can't this this gets any bigger it's gonna get outrageous <laughs> yes 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 oh man pat's makes some phenomenal stuff so head over to redbubble.com and search for lost and criterion if you want to just check it out and Patreon.com slash Lost and Criterion if you want to keep us going and support us. Pat, this week we're watching uh, a phenomenal movie, and it's been a while. Wait, since uh, we watched a phenomenal movie? I can't, I can't say that. It's actually Ouch. not Ouch. been That's a while harsh. since we watched a phenomenal movie. We've watched some very, very good movies recently. Uh, we've just also watched some pretty forgettable yeah, movies I mean, mixed been, in with those very, very good uh, ones recently. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but this one I'm very, very excited to talk about um it is costa gavras's 1969 movie z or Z for our british listeners i suppose i <laughs> i refuse to acknowledge this this line of investigation well we'll we'll move on um we've watched one costa gavras film before missing which we loved yes. um and like like i I feel like I we had this conversation around missing. Uh, one thing I love about Costa Cabras is his completely incredulous insistence that his movies are apolitical, I, it, that they are not is, message films. Is, like, yes, I, I had forgotten about that uh, until I started watching yeah. the documentary features on this one. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Like, he, he makes this, like, really very, like, just ridiculous claim. He's like... Well, I just show the facts, and then you know the audience has to decide. Right, I'm like, right. don't. Right. Like, it's obvious he knows. It's like it's a very yeah, strange so thing good. to go through because it's very clear that like it's almost like you get the impression I, that he's just covering his own ass with it. Like, right? It's like, right. oh, I'll get thrown in jail as a communist if I actually admit right. that these films are with, purposely political. Um. Yeah, it's kind of endearing. Yeah, it, it is. For it me. is. It's, I don't know why. I, I wouldn't find. There's a lot of directors I would not find it. I would not like it in. But yeah. in him, it's got this really. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah, yeah. My I I choose films about the darkest days of human existence and and terrible things happening. All I you know, I just do it for yeah. the shits and giggles. Films. You decide. It's fine. Films films about. Fascist, yeah, it's just mostly about, about fascist, mostly oppressive, about the, oppressive right wing yeah, government, extreme regimes, and, uh, and that sort of stuff. Really yeah. oppressive, mostly. But they're not. Most of, almost all the people in my movies die. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but like, they're not I mean, political. You know, they're not. You, I, I report. Yeah. You decide. 
and it's like yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> let's, like, yeah i mean it's i think it, like, again it's just gotta be like some sort of weird covers like well so i can keep traveling right and right. people won't and i won't of get course. thrown in jail in every place i go right Clearly, and, but not and missing the, the same way States, right? right you know <laughs> the united states is on that list yeah yeah, yeah. um the uh, this is based on a 1966 novel by uh, Vasilis Vasilikos. Uh, Vasilikos was fictionalizing, uh, barely. Um, I mean, yeah, changing like the, the, the names. interview with him. It's like <laughs> yeah. barely, like a couple like yeah. creative choices that made probably the story easier to follow, like compressing all the journalists into one journalist instead of having like right, four right, separate right, dudes right, running right, around right. that you got to keep track of. Yeah, yeah, uh, but he is he is basing this heavily on the real life assassination of Greek politician uh, Grigoris Lambrakis. Uh, Lambrakis was a uh, member of the parliament. He was a former track and field uh, Olympian. Uh, he was a pacifist, a leftist, and he was murdered. Yeah, uh, yeah. in 1963. Um, the, uh, the investigator who, uh, here is played by Jean-Louis, uh, Jean-Louis Trintignant, um, is based off of the real life person, Christos Sartsitakis, who would go on to be president of Greece. When he got uh, released from, from 1985 jail. to 1990. After he got released from jail. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, he was imprisoned uh, because of the events portrayed in this movie, uh, getting him labeled as a communist, despite the fact that, as clear in this movie, he's not even left wing. No, no. He's just, he's just, he's just like, like, he's a one guy of those who... weird ones. You see movies about this every so often. It's yeah. like, I don't, I don't call it weird just because it's... It's a phenomenon I run into movies and I have never seen proof of existing in my real life, which is like the hard, like the the fairly hardcore right winger who also believes in like the proper administration of the system and it like going the way it's supposed to go. And so he's like, oh, like it would be wrong for me to not like pursue this murder as a murder. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, Yeah. You know. Center right, not far right by any means, not even really hard well, right, but definitely conservative. Yeah, he's definitely conservative. And I, definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely not sympathetic to the communist causes or the pacifist causes that we see actually organizing in this movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, still just doggedly in search of. Truth. Right, yeah, he's just one of those, he's just, yeah, it's like I said, it's a weird, yeah. it's a he thing is, you don't see very much in actual real life, but apparently right, does exist, right, because right. some people, people make movies about people who are like this, that seem to be yeah. true stories. Who were, who were real people. Yeah, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is just yeah. a, yeah, it like, well, it, it's, yeah, it's very, it's a strange thing to encounter, but it's still an interesting, it makes for a very interesting story, for sure, in this movie. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh... It's phenomenal. So this movie is made in Algiers. Uh, this is it's actually uh, made uh, just a couple years after the Battle of Algiers, and about a decade after uh, Algeria was free. Um, yeah, I think he said like six years after they, like, Costa uh, Gavras said it that in, in like one of the interviews he mentioned it's like only six years later when they started filming, like after 
uh, independence or something like that. I I kind of I I tried to pay as close attention as I could, but there was a lot of stuff flying around in the movie in those documentaries. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a nec- a decade, but I could be wrong because I I I know the Battle of Algiers came out in 1966, and I feel like Battle of Algiers was closer to the actual events than than that would make it. Right. Well, so um, Algerian War ends in 1962. Well, there we go. Is... There we go. So it's not. Yeah, it's seven years. Well, I mean, they would have been right. That he's, he was talking about going there six yeah. years after they, yeah. they got independence. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we it is a predominantly francophone cast. Um, there's actually only one actual Greek person in the cast, and it is the woman who plays uh, the wife of the assassinated man. Right. Um, Played by Irene Pappas. Right, which is its own um, interesting story in the documentary about how basically she's the only, basically finding Greek actresses and actors is nearly impossible, outside of Greece was basically impossible, but like she, yeah. like the story was a little muddled just because it was hard to follow what was going, what they were talking about exactly, but it seemed like she just didn't give a fuck. Right, like it's like, right, oh, right, not right. outside of Greece, it's just where they can't touch me. <laughs> I do what I want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is that is one spot where it very much reminds me of Salt of the Earth and our our yeah. uh, our bonus conversation about that a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, yeah, it is a movie. Salt of the Earth is a movie that was heavily politically quashed um, and and attempted attempted more direct quashing during uh during production um whereas you know this this it doesn't seem like there is necessarily anyone actively trying to stop it because it was made outside of Greece. right they so like, it didn't really know, seem like anybody had any influence over that to make yeah. that happen um now there is there is some little stuff the soundtrack by uh mikas theodorakis uh, he couldn't record new music because he was under house arrest under the Greek junta uh, during uh, during production. Right. So instead, he freed them to use previously recorded music, uh, which they did. Um, with one exception, I was very surprised and happy to see uh, Pierre Henry's Psych Rock, um, which is a phenomenal early electronic track uh, that pops up about the 45 minute mark in the movie. Um, while Yago is walking across the street right. after uh, uh, just a, yeah, I, we've talked about that before on a bonus episode because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had discovered that the guy who did the music for uh, Kazam yeah. was the composer of the theme song for Futurama and fu- the Futurama theme song. Yeah, the Futurama the Futurama theme song is a pretty close uh, ripoff of Pierre Henry's. Oh, I kind of remember this conversation Uh, now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Uh, because they had wanted to use Psyche Rock uh, and then couldn't for whatever reason, so they paid this guy to write a knockoff, something very close to it. Uh, Yeah. It's I, a I really, track. The, I really love it. And I was happy to yeah, hear it, and I like the soundtrack. Like it, you know, it is existing yeah. music, but nonetheless, it works. It's just very, very good. Yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, you, it, it kind of makes it's me true. feel like the movie. I, the, we ran into a. I ran personally ran into a problem with this movie, which is like, 
there's a lot here. Uh, the yeah. movie moves extremely fast, which is something Costa Gavras addresses in his in when they talk to him in the documentary materials uh, about the pacing of the movie. But like, as a result, things like the music, I can appreciate them when I'm watch it. When I'm watching it, but I can't really dig that deeply into it because I've also got to keep up with the fucking story of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, right, 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 right. <coughs> like, I can in the back of my mind identify that it's very good and really engaging. And definitely adding to the movie, but I, I couldn't ever like mentally f- shift my focus all the way over to the music, because if I did that, I know that, you know, ha- you know, I would come back five minutes later and not have any fucking clue what's going on anymore. <laughs> right, right, like, right. What right, happened right. The since is... the last time I checked in? Like, oh, I was listening to the music, right. and now I have no idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> right, right. Got to rewind now. I actually had to yeah. rewind quite a bit in this movie, just because it, it moves at a hell like. I, it yeah. right, it does. It moves very fast. Yeah, uh, I, uh, um, yeah, I really appreciate the music too. One interesting aspect about the release soundtrack, though, speaking of Psyche Rock, is that Psyche Rock is not on the release soundtrack. Okay. The release soundtrack is only Theodorakis music, and he recorded a ripoff of Psyche Rock called Cafe Rock that is on the official wow. soundtrack release, but not in the movie. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I. Uh, it it sounds less like the Futurama theme song, I'll be honest, but but it does sound very close to Psyche Rock. They are obviously both right. derivatives of the same thing, uh, but yeah, That's, yeah, that uh, is really why it is really. Wild. I don't, I don't it's great. like. I love it. Is, is Psyche Rock just really hard to license or something? Is that the deal? Like I, apparently, um, I don't know. Uh, Henri seems like a weird guy. Uh, I mean, he was making electronic music in the fifties. Yeah, I mean that, so, that like, is yeah that is the, uh, that is a hallmark of a really really out there dude. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. So oh, so yeah, there's that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the the track Psyche Rock had actually come out in '67, so you know it's not that that different. But he'd been right. recording for for a number of years already. Uh, I love the opening crawl of this movie where oh, it yeah. says any any resemblance to real events or persons living or dead is not accidental. It is intentional. Intentional in all caps. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I they, they do a really fun thing even like the um, every so often like a thing that I notice that it doesn't come up a lot. But every so often you notice little quirks in the subtitling that is that yes. like, adds something to the thing where they're. Where they're trying to get across, where they do something really f- interesting to get across the, the gist of the thing, and they do that with this subtitling, where they they separate out it is intentional, like as its own separate lines right. and stuff like that. It's it's very, it really emphasizes that that information for the the audience quite a bit. Yeah, in- interestingly, they need to do that because of other design choices in the subtitling, yes, though, yeah. because the subtitling is already all caps. Yes, yeah. The fact that intentional is all the only all caps word in that paragraph means that they do have to do something yeah. to to make it read right. Yeah, and it works. Uh, it, it comes off, like, because yeah. otherwise, what you run the risk of with, um, with these sort of, especially with subtitling rather than people reading the original text is that... Um, there's a tendency sometimes to blow through things and not notice subtleties, right? Because you're yeah. you, when you read subtitling, a lot of times your your mind is just sort of sort of subcon- quite subconsciously absorbing a lot of that information. You, you're a good enough reader right. that you're not really like watching the subtitles. 
Uh, and so if right. you really want your audience to like engage with some particular element of it, you have to kind of kick them in the ass. And so <laughs> right, <laughs> kind of do right, that, yeah. right, 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 right. Um, speaking of kicking you in the ass, uh, I'd be surprised if it is real. Uh, but I found it, if it's not real, and I hope it's not because it's a phenomenal joke, the fact that the anti-communist organization is called Croc. I uh, yeah I was wondering yeah no because they mention it where did they mention it it's either in the the post materials is it real n- it has a different name they changed the name to to make it more because w- a very fascinating thing about what Costa Gavras does here is and he talks about it in the documentary is he leans into the sort of comedic elements of when you're right, dealing right, with right. with the, 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 this level of the, these kinds of fascists are fundamentally absurd in their nature anyway and and you need to kind of underscore that as a part of telling these stories yeah apparently they right, changed right. It. it it was something like or rock or something like that and he just like shifted the he mentioned i think yeah. i can't remember if it's in the documentary or it might actually be in the closing material for the movie where they go through the the kind of the the little bit of like support you know what i mean like at the very end of the movie they kind of run through like uh for lack of a better term, kind of an Animal House esque, like what happened to everybody? Thing, the, of <laughs> yes, a dark version, yes. an even darker version uh, of that Animal House, or yeah, being very and, dark. and an and an even darker darker version than the one we had with the last Metro, which was already a very right, dark yeah, yeah, version yeah. of that. Yeah, right? it, it, it is. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, he. Um, I can't remember which one it was in, but one of them tells you what the actual name of the organization was, and it was just longer. And oh yeah, no, it must have been yeah. the documentary material because. Either Costa Gavras or the maybe the cinematographer, one of them says like that. Ma- that name's a mouthful, huh? Because it was like yeah. it was called like like. Oh god, it, it I can't remember. It, it oh, had, I'm sure it's ridiculously wrong. Whatever it is, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, cre- the- oh right, because it was um, it had like against the communists in the name of the thing, <laughs> and right, so it just right. ended up being like twelve, like seven characters long. It was just the most. Re- it was so insane. And he's like, yeah, that's helping a mouthful, children huh? through research and development. Uh, no, that's the acronym, Mike. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's great. There, there is there are great moments of humor, and it's usually uh, a leaning into the absurdity of of the fascism. Yeah, I mean the fascists to begin with. When he's talking uh, about like, that, he specifically br- they show on screen the door in the for the for the fascists. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the um. Every the time the police state. officials leave, they uh, he tells they them there's a door over there that the you can door. use to like sneak out the back of it, and it's invariably locked. And right. it is it, it it adds just the right amount of levity to a very dark movie, yeah. and it is very funny. I, I yeah, that it cracked me. That up. whole sequence is great. One thing I love about that sequence is that as each one enters the building, as each of those police officials enters the building, our first shot of them is a zoom in on their medals and each one has more and more oh, yeah, medals yeah, yeah, each yeah, time yeah. until until the the director comes in with like he's got one attached to his tie knot they're just yeah, everywhere. Yeah 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 I, I uh, well and the funny thing is like um you know Kusagavas like uses those medals a few different times in the movie for like emphasis like it's at the very very beginning too when they are right, the right, shots right. of and like this very uh like up tempo like kind of like really like um kind of fun uh, music at the beginning, and they're showing all those medals, and like, and you're, and and it. I don't know. It's very strange because I don't know how it works, 
And I don't, like, psychologically, I don't understand what he's doing there to make it. But, like, you understand that, like, somehow that music plus those medals conveys so much fucking information. <laughs> like, yeah. you know that, like, you're like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie about a, like, an absurd fascist puppet government. Right. Like, and right. I haven't right. seen, and then you start cutting to people's faces and stuff. It's... Man, that intro is so so damn good. It is so yeah. I feel like you could just show yeah. somebody that intro, it it would do things to their brains. It's really good. Right. This is this is a true political thriller, in that it is using sort of action movie tropes yeah. uh, to tell a a political story, and it's uh, yeah, it just comes together. Oh, so yeah, phenomenal! No, I mean, well. every it this is movie. I, I dare say this movie might basically be perfect, like the perfect version of this thing. Like yeah. This political yeah. thriller. And I and part of where I pull that from mentally is that it doesn't end with the good guys winning. You, you <laughs> yeah, know? I guess there's that. I know it sounds really like like it's kind of cynical that and is... dark of me, but like American ones of these that I've seen almost always invariably end with the good guy winning. Or it's a right. movie that takes like some sort of dark joy in the bad guys winning, whereas this yeah. one doesn't seem to do either as much as just like it kind of almost fits with Costa Garbers and Stables. Like, well, hey, I'm just reporting the facts. You de- you decide. It's weird, right, but right, like, right, right, right. it's like it doesn't seem to be taking joy in the the horrible people winning, but it also neither does it like change the facts to make the good guys win. Right, right. And he does a phenomenally dark thing in ending it that way. Yeah, yeah for sure. In that the this is the story of the pro, of the prosecutor investigating, right. right? And he gets to the point where everyone has been arrested. Yeah. He knows he's he's uncovered the entire thing and everyone's arrested and we have such this high note of for once. Oh yeah. Every everyone in power who is doing the bad thing is going to be punished for doing the bad thing. And then we cut to that news reporter recapping and recapping how those men were released and the prosecutor was fired and all of our all of our friends in the pacifist organization mysteriously died. Well, and not just the pacifist uh, like they show clips of like that police <laughs> officer who was just like yeah, like it, they go through a whole like they run through all the people who get murdered and they they show the pictures of them. I don't. Yeah, they're very very dark photos. They are very they're yes. meant to upset yes. the audience. Um, yeah, uh, and the, but he also shows the photos of the people and like some of them are the most sort of like some of them are part of the pacifist organization. Some of them are just like the rando police dude who arrests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yargo, Yargo, whatever of- his name is, and. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. a whole host of then, they just killed everybody who had anything to right. do with it. Yeah, and then the the pacifists were uh, one uh, suffered a stroke while being transported, uh, which uh, is uh, the official story of how Freddie Gray died in Baltimore as well uh, in the back of a police press, pass, a police van. Uh, another one I think was just deported. Yeah, one, uh, and one the guy last kind one, of lucked out and was just sent to the islands, yeah. which is, I guess, yes, where they're yes, exiled to. Right. And then the the last one mentioned uh, fell out of a seventh-story window during interrogation. Because he, quote-unquote, uh, tried to escape. Yes. I've heard uh, that police before. Police say he tried to escape. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, heard that before. Uh, and then after that one, we immediately switched to the voice of a new newscaster as the so newscaster we've been watching yeah. faces on in a still fo- photograph having also been arrested. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then that segues to the growing infinite list of things the junta has uh has banned oh i know the from... list is is the list is and just a both real it, itself and an absurd list right yeah yeah the beatles are on the list beckett is oh on i mean the list. well it's, it's, uh, it's, it's some it's dostoyevsky and tolstoy are on the list Adam, it's yeah, like some of them are, some of them right, are like right. notions it can barely be codified yes. into like yes. like yeah like it it, it is it is Purposely it is both purposely a, an absurd list that, in the sense I assume it is curated right, right. from a much larger list to pick out the dumbest shit that they yeah. could possibly ban. And I'm and I'm sure it is a one hundred percent. And I'm also sure it's accurate. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. So yeah. like the 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 this, the stupidity is both real and also heightened by the the choices made in the movie to make sure you understand right. that like this is this is very stupid. Yeah. I I will say, unfortunately, uh, this movie. You know, this is a movie uh, that is explicitly about police corruption, right? And police uh, colluding to uh, cover up a political murder, and and in fact to commit that political, right, yeah, uh, that, yeah. that 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 political murder. Uh, and while nothing in my life experience is quite that extreme, I am certainly reminded of the fact that uh, currently uh, in Columbus, <laughs> where I live, Columbus, Ohio. Um, it's, uh, it's, it is February of 2022 and in the summer of 2020, there were protests, uh, all across America, uh, and the Columbus police, uh, reacted as, as many police organizations do by rioting. Yeah. Uh, and I, I recognize that some may take issue with my framing of that, but a police riot is a thing that exists and it is the thing that happened in Columbus at the very least. This is police instigating violence, police escalating violence, police actively refusing to de-escalate violence. Uh, And I experienced it firsthand at times as well. In the year and a half since then, uh, Columbus city has been investigating police abuses that occurred there and they know that police abuses occurred but they don't know what police officers committed those abuses because the police also removed their name badges right or covered them in tape uh and other police officers who know who it was have covered it up yeah. have refused to cooperate with the investigation most recently, just a couple of weeks ago, the union representing our fine police officers got a court order to bar the city from hiring an outside investigator to look into these criminal charges against police officers, which would mean that internal affairs within the police department itself is the only organization that would be authorized to investigate this. Internal Affairs is also under investigation for this cover-up. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I mean, I live in a police state. Yeah, no, yeah, we uh, absolutely like it is. It is just very do. amusing. Uh-huh. Amusing. I I use this word very. Yeah. It is darkly wrong. absurd. Yes. Uh, yeah. There is a. It is. It is. We live in a state. Well, I live in a different one, but nonetheless, <laughs> they're all right, all right, the right, most right. modern neoliberal states are some de- essentially derivative of what's happening in this movie. Yeah. But we we've sort of all mentally worked it so that we can pretend that it's not. <laughs> right. We're all right, gonna right. kind of pretend that that's not what this is. Um, but yeah, it. And it also uh, an important point this movie makes, whether or not "quote unquote" goes to covers things he's making any points at all or not, um, is the fact that like you can't, it cannot, it cannot be fixed from the inside. It is impossible. Right. That is a fool's errand, and it is a, it is a thing that you are told as children to convince you to do nothing at all or to, yeah. to not break down the system entirely. Because we see a guy who actively tries to fix the thing from the inside, like he works, yeah, very hard. To try to st- and, and 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 does everything we're taught right. as children like should fix the system, right? Like, oh, you yeah. just need a few good men who will stand up, and you know what happens to those guys? They get murdered, right? Uh, or in prison, or in prison, or it, the the ones who exist. The yeah, one, they are they are the system is fully capable of shutting them down. Yeah, the one beat cop who uh, is mildly a good cop in as much as he inconvenienced. The conspiracy, right, and then also didn't by, lie about it after he's, and then and then didn't lie about it until forced to, uh, is also disappeared. Oh yeah, no, right? he's killed. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they, yeah, it, I forget what they, I forget what his the method that they use, but like they show his face on yeah. the screen at the end and and explain something right. happened to him. He's definitely dead. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah so and, and it's it's one of those things. The only and the only reason that the I think the only reason that the prosecutor's not murdered is because he's a little too high profile. It would, yeah, you he's might too... accidentally set off alarm bells somewhere else that could actually right. do something about it. He's too big. Instead, they imprison him for years. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing is like, and and you know, we there's a lot going on here, but like, you know, it it is important to just bear in mind that like. <clears throat> this is a direct rebuke of that idea that you can fix these things. It was oh, we just. Like it's like, well, what do we need to do to fix the police riots? Oh, we just need to get more training and we need to get more good cops in. It's like, right, no, right, right, no, right, you're right. wrong. You and you know there's you're no, wrong. It, it, it's there's no reforming. Yeah, and and right. well, and and keep in mind, it it is a there's a bit of a rebuke here too to the sort of the international community as well, right? Like the idea that there's an international community that can or would fix things for like, like this is yes. Bear in mind, the Greek state still had American military bases in it, still does, when this was going yeah. on. Like, America is fully on board with supporting military and does anywhere and everywhere they can. In fact, very actively creating them as often as possible, looking yeah. at you, South Korea. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it is not as much meant for the international audience, but it does play around the right. world and, you know, one of one of one of my favorite lines in the movie is one of the first lines uh, for the guy who eventually falls out a window. The uh, only realist says, in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. 
always always blame the Americans, even if you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I loved it. I, I also made a big note of that. When it, yes, up. yes, it is the most accurate thing uh, you could ever say. Well, the only the only real issue is that you're never wrong. You're never actually wrong. Right, right, right. You're never, you're just never wrong. Oh man, he's he's uh, one of I my am, favorite characters just because he is. Yeah, he is. The most yeah. of the characters in the movie treat him like he's crazy, which yes. is how he, I'm sure, was treated in real life and how he would be treated by everybody you've ever met. And he's also the only one who's actually a realist about how this all works. Right, right, right. Like right. he's the only one who's saying like, um, it goes all the way to the top. It's like, yeah, of course it goes all the way to the fucking top. Right, right, and and in that regard, you know, this is this is a microcosm of the same conversations that were happening within, uh, you know, uh, American uh, civil rights right. movements at the beginning. You know, these are uh, the particularities of the movement we're talking about here are nuclear disarmament, right. but this is a group of about pacifists who believe that as long as they stay within the law, uh, well, no, I won't say they draw conclusions from that. What what they believe is that they have to stay within the law well, because they know that if they break the law, that is the excuse to right. murder I them mean, to that's, begin with, they, right? they, they, they have that, that is, this is a very classic problem, right? Like, you know, if they right. do break the law, they're guaranteed that the, the hammer is going to fall on them. If they don't, right. it's just very, very likely instead. But also, nothing right. could possibly right. be accomplished right. so long as they stay within the wall. Within the wall, it's right. it's right. It's a very classic sort of double bind that they're in, and you know, yes. And he's he's the one within that organization who is wanting to push against right. that, right? To, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I I really do like him. He's he's great. Uh, I don't like his strategy for avoiding being hit by a car. He never he never <laughs> runs horizontally or double backs. Yeah, no, I, back, I, I was I, I was wondering I, about that as well. I mean, eventually he gets into the park, which seems like the good place yes. to end up. Where it's like, well, you worked, know, worked a little better. Well, I mean, you just need, you need to make a you need to pick an environment that you, as a thing with two legs, are infinitely more capable right. of traversing than a car. And he eventually figures right, it right. out. But like, and there <laughs> there is uh, unsurprising a lot of those. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> even within a city. Yeah, I mean, like even uh, but, I feel like there's a few times where you watch him, you're like, "Why are you? This right. is not the place to go." I mean, I guess he's in like panic when he's, mode or whatever, but you know. Yeah, when he's running down the building with the columns that are just wide enough for the car to follow him. Right. All he has to do is run behind, get behind the car, and go back the other right. way. Yeah, it's like, but, oh, that car's going to take forever to turn around yeah. in this environment. Yeah. Right. But he is, but he is constantly, you know, for for the sake of the movie, he is constantly running sort of toward the right. camera. Right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we get to the park, and then and then he has witnesses in the park who who can see that this happened, and eventually. Uh, Confirm that it happened, which is among the things that makes our prosecutor realize that this is a real thing that is right. happening, and not just not these, just the these random housewives and like normal <laughs> yeah. and park guards are yeah. also saying this thing right. is real. Is you know, makes yeah. it a little bit more obvious. Whereas pri- prior, he is perfectly willing to believe that uh, this is all a uh, a political grab by the communists, right? That they that they uh, that they maybe even 
uh, arranged the assassination themselves in order to win popular support, right? I don't think he explained. Everybody's boss lots of people are arguing that, that but, to him. I don't know yeah, if he ever buys into that right. completely, but well, right. that's the thing, though, right? Is that like a thing that uh, another sort of uh, this movie tells you a lot about the way these things work again by basically just telling the story, right? But that's another thing that the movie kind of highlights is the fact that like the the this military junta has to operate so egregiously so wildly yeah. like flaunting whatever they can whatever one would consider the law for them to even remotely cross the boundary into the space where like this this uh this investigator this pr- prosecutor will even think about even consider the possibility that they've done something wrong you know what i mean yeah. like what I mean is, like, you can imagine if this is how wildly outrageous they have to act to even, like, draw attention to themselves, that, that that space in which they can operate and do horrible things is humongous. Right. And it's, and it's the space that they had already occupied enough that no matter what happens to them at this point— they are pardoned within a year. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, well, I mean, but yeah, they're and, just, yeah, they don't, they don't even ever really face charges because it's all, oh, well, every everybody died who had anything to do with anything. Right. Charges right, are dropped right. because there's, and then, and then it does cross into the boundary and like the movie doesn't address this super directly, but eventually it crosses the boundary that like they act egregiously enough that they actually just declare, they dissolve the, the yeah. parliament and, and, Right, right. Full it is beyond. It is beyond quite the spoke. The the beyond quite the scope of the movie. But yeah. the next step is that right. And, and there's and a, what, there's an active coup right in 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 Greece because it, and, it, it's uh, what can in the explanation as well. Like you know, of course, this the party that they acted against does take you know win a lot of popular support because this is obvious flagrant right right and and part of it is killing a person that everybody sort of considered a a hero right and right yeah it it, it is just interesting that that is the sort of the movie doesn't want to talk about that because that's not what the movie's about but yeah right right and and gavris's sort of apolitical framing of this is is that you know no matter what your politics are these, uh, this is a group of people who wants to have a small, insignificant uh, uh, public meeting, and are closed off at every at every turn, right? Uh, and <laughs> up to and including murder of the leader, you know, uh, and you know whether or not you agree with them, they should have that right to meet, right? Um, it just happens that you know. <laughs> As as someone who has uh, advocated pacifism publicly, uh, there is nothing that brings out violence like saying you should not do violence. Um, right, right, yeah. Uh, so I yeah. mean, and, and you um, know, the movie again, this movie, and it's dark sort of humor. The movie highlights like the people out in the streets start actively like shouting like the most absurd catchphrases. Because they they have yes. to be di- like diametrically opposed to the idea of nonviolence by shouting like things like "We love bombs" and stuff like that, or whatever right, out right, in the streets. Right, like, right, like right, what? What yeah. are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, um, and you know that that sort of uh, 
complete breakdown of logical thought in chance, particularly of diametrically opposed chance, is also something I've experienced right, yeah. in real life, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> it's like, why, why are, what are we yelling? Why are we yelling this? Yeah. Oh, because they yelled something similar, so we just need to reverse it. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> hmm. Not not entirely useful, guys. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Uh, it's just it's all very and and you know it, in this movie it's supposed to very purposely make the those counter protesters the right look stupid, which they right, are. Right. But like yes. Um. And then there's lots of little things that are intended to make that particular group look. There's a there's a I. Go ahead. I was surprised at the one moment. I mean it. I suppose uh, we could take for granted that these uh, hyper-conservative forces are going to be anti-Semitic. Well, um, yeah. But it's never—there's only one mo- moment where it gets close to being outright anti-Semitic, and they do it in a really interesting way, uh, where the reporter uh, jumps in with the—I uh, think it's—I think it's right after the the chief of police um, has is leaving the prosecutor's office. And it's the one guy who leaves the prosecutor's office who meets press in the hallway where there's not supposed to be any right. press because that's the door you go to to avoid the press, right? right? Um, and our, our intrepid hero in, <laughs> reporter uh, says, are you a victim like Dreyfus? Right. And his response was, Dreyfus was guilty. Right. Uh, well, there's there is, is one actually... Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there is there other stuff one I may have missed? One of those guys just starts railing on Jews. I can't oh, remember yeah, yeah, yeah. what it was. I can't. Right. I remember the scene. I can't remember where it's placed in the movie because it's it's offhandedly right. just supposed to tell you as a, it's not actually truly relevant to what's going on in really any meaningful way. It's just to tell you because Avers is really wanting you to understand that these these assholes are. It's it it, it runs right. this 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 assholery runs deep. This bigotry they they are bad people like you know what i mean like he wants yeah, you to yeah. the the drivest thing is um is is much more subtle right like it is right um you know so i i can't remember where the the but there is a there's a one of them goes on a very clearly it's, anti-semitic scree one of the officials or one of the thugs i think one of the officials in like a is private it? meeting okay. with each other that might be. I think when yeah, like the, the I... you know I lose track of like the guy who's the head of the military police in the region, you know the guy with the the beard, yes, and then his yes. like deputy who I don't I can't actually remember what his job was. He's yeah. like I think the head of just like security or something. You know what I mean? There's a lot of the uh, another thing that this movie kind of points to is this idea in these these sort of like police state fascist organizations it's like well there's a million titles that you can hand out to like anybody who right, you right. need your pal who will do your dirty work for you right um but like those two guys they're, they're essentially the two main characters of the the police section uh, they're the ones who go to the protest and are uh i think there's a time when they're in a room together and they just the the leader one just goes on a really anti-Semitic screen, and I can't remember what he yeah. says exactly. But it's it's your classic fascist anti-Semitic stuff right. about like as you taking over and stuff like that. As you've already mentioned, there's so much going on in this movie yeah. that it is it is easy for me to have forgotten yeah. certain bits. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, and and that editing style works. Like I mean, Kozlovers talks about it in his documentary and the idea is that like if you set the pace well 
and you keep it like the audience will work to keep up and will right, and will right, stay along. Right. But it is, I imagine that I need to rewind a few times. Uh, but most of that is the fact that I'm not watching this in a quiet movie theater. Like, staring, right, like right, right, right. no matter how I try to do this, I can't generate those circumstances yeah. that I have in a movie theater. I think if if I were in a dark theater, uh, I would be so absorbed right. well, exactly. that I wouldn't notice if I was missing right. something, That's so I wouldn't true. have that impetus right, to rewind. Right. Right. And, I, and you also don't have that ability. And then also, like, <laughs> right, the right. environment's just different. Like, movie theaters do something that they, they allow you to focus a little bit better by being dark, by... There's no other people like whether I like it or not, you know, I can't generate that here. Like people wander into the room. I'm watching the movie and and ask me absurd things and want me to go do stuff. Right, it's right, like right, 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 and, and that's just, and, you know, I rewind quite a bit. Um, and but also we're kind of we, we do a sort of half close read of movies anyway. Like we we are we expect ourselves to like pay attention in a way that right. a normal audience doesn't actually have to pay attention right like if you miss a few interesting lines in your you know in a movie theater viewing you're going to get the gist of the movie you're like going to walk away understanding what the what happened in the movie right right but right, if you want right, to talk right. about it for an hour and a half well, that's a different thing right yeah. so. um i want to talk about some of the bonus features sure. uh because all of them are really yeah. great uh I really loved the the port of the cinema, the French television. That one I uh, didn't go all the way through because it felt like so similar to the other ones. So I maybe it, missed something. It is very. It does one really great rhetorical thing, and that's why I wanted to start with it. And that is once again, like many of our others, uh, we open with Gavras uh, at the time of shooting or or shortly after release, saying it's not a film with a message; it's a man's story. If people call it militant or political later, that's up to them, he says to some extent. Uh, and then they immediately cut to each of the main actors saying, oh, I signed up for this movie because it's militant, because it's so political, <laughs> right, right. Uh, because because it's like Trotsky, MLK, the Kennedys. It's uh, you know, right. literally everybody. It's uh, it's it's Montard. It's it's Irene Papas. It's Jacques Perrin, who plays the reporter and is also the producer of the film. Uh, it's Jean-Louis uh uh, Tritijan. uh yeah it's it's all of our principles saying oh i absolutely i signed up for this movie i only agreed to do it because it's militantly political <laughs> that's um uh yeah and they all you know uh, the reporter then asked well a few of them well aren't you aren't you worried and uh uh Tritijan, i'm going to say his name differently every time i say it because i really have no idea what to do with all those all those consonants in French because so often letters just disappear in French. So I don't know how to actually properly say it. I apologize. Um, But, uh, but he says he doesn't see how the film could negatively affect his career uh, and says he doesn't care if it does, uh, which is uh, probably naive of him, but also brave. Uh, So, (laughs) I don't think it negatively affected well, his career, he's got that but I can convert- certainly imagine how it yeah, would have. It, uh-huh. It's interesting because he was also in other Costa Gavras things before. Like he was in right, the Sleeping right, Car right, Murders, right. which I don't know if we're ever going to watch, but I now really, really want to watch other Costa Gavras. <laughs> it stuff. does look like a very every interesting time, movie. Every yeah. time we watch, like last time it has happened too, and I and I stand by the fact that like, man, I really want to watch other Costa Gavras movies. <laughs> um, yeah, but like he, you know, he actors get this weird sort of cover, right? That, that directors and other people don't really have where they can always 
and I, you, I've seen directors take this cover up as well. But like, where it's like, well, you're just in a movie, right? Like, it's like, well, I didn't, right, I didn't right, write right. it. I'm just acting in it, right? Like, and he's kind of right in the sense that, like, other than when things hit real extreme levels, when you started getting into like McCarthy era stuff, most of the time actors can just get away with that. Like, well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't make the movie. I just, just an actor, right? Right. And every so often you see a director try to pull that too. It's like, well, it's, you know, I just, I, yeah, just, I, I didn't write it. But like, uh, they have a little bit less cover for that kind of stuff, which is where I think Kosagavras's thing comes from, where he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know why you guys keep saying these are political movies. Right. Here, here's right, a fascist right. regime murdering everyone who stands in their path. Um, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, whereas like, actors can legitimately, I think, get away with a little bit more of that in that way. Uh, because yeah, it, 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 you know, and then, and depending on what the public sentiment is at the time, they can even kind of can even help their career, right? Because they're like, well, they're very brave. They'll play parts that nobody else wants to play. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Whereas you know, basically everyone who responded to that question in uh, in our little interview here says, yeah, it, <laughs> it's gonna do it's gonna do me good. So right. yeah, yeah. Uh, um. Montard, interesting, calls it a very generous film, uh, and I, I don't really understand uh, what he means by that context. Uh, but he says, uh, "I don't know if it will be good, though he hopes it it will be." Is is the next sentence he says? Then he goes on and compares, um, compares the characters uh, to uh, to be reminiscent of of people like Trotsky, MLK. He says the Kennedys, which I I thought was silly. Yeah, but, well, you know. but certainly appropriate in sixty nine yeah, to say something era, like right? that because. Because you know we're talking about an era where where Bobby and Jack have both just been killed, right? right? So, uh, yeah, I mean it's it is no. I I kind of get I kind of I don't know exactly what he's referring to when he calls it generous, but I can kind of see a read on it in the sense that like there's a certain sort of implication. The movie has a a strangely sort of positive bent in the sense that like it kind of registers all the people you're kind of supposed to be considering good guys as. Yeah, like maybe a little bit more good, quote unquote, than they were in real life. You know what I mean? It 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 yeah. it, it does try to right. highlight that dichotomy by by making the good people better maybe than they were, and the bad people maybe also better than they were. Which is yeah, uh, yeah. No, it, it certainly it certainly uh, doesn't make them worse than they were because like I yeah. I get the impression, and that may be part of the generousness that like. I suspect that though that police, those members of that police, like, they are much more, were much more wild and violent than they actually were in film, in the sense that like yeah. these are people who believe themselves completely beyond reproach, right? So right, right. Uh, these are you know the sorts of people who would be running uh, the manor house in Salo, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, like you and I live in a country where like. There, there are sitting members of of Congress that like do things like body slam reporters and stuff. So like, yeah, and those and that we, on a scale that's still fairly mild compared to military junta. So like, you know right. what I mean? Like, right. I'm just saying that like, yeah. I'm betting a lot more people got punched, yeah. slash beaten with yeah. nightclubs right. than actually featured <laughs> right. in this movie. Right. Yeah, um, I don't want to mischaracterize how every actor. Responded. So I will point out that Irene Pappas actually, uh, similarly to Gavras and and her being the only Greek 
actress in the movie. Um, that's interesting. Uh, she says, she says, my doing this film is not a political statement, but she likes that it shows the truth and that she's participated in bringing the truth to light. Which again is walking that very yeah, fine that line. Feels that feels like Gavis, a very Costa statement. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'd yeah. like to be able to like maybe go home at some point. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was one I recommended you watch, and I wonder if you picked up on why I recommended you, and that was the uh, interview with the cinematographer. I, I assume Raul it's because Cotard. of all the things he says about Truffaut and Goddard. It is everything he says about Goddard. Like the entire middle half of this is is him disfavorably comparing Goddard to well, he, he uh, to does Costa it for, He kind of does it for both Goddard and Truffaut. Yeah, he's more generous with Truffaut, but yeah. just sort of bare in in a kind of like backhanded way, where like yeah. Truffaut, he just sort of yeah, it's a sort of backhanded compliment of like I think he like. You know, I I can't remember exactly what he says about Truffaut, but he says some things about like basically like not as sort of interesting. But yeah, he, Goddard, he's like right. he basically right. is like complaining. He's basically in a very polite way complaining about the fact that Goddard's like got no fucking plan ever. <laughs> right, and they're half-assing right. it all the way through. Whereas like Kozakovich has got like his shit together, knows exactly what he's right. gonna make. When you show you up, can on set, you can ask him questions about. Yeah, that's the yeah, one of the statements is like, "Yeah, you can ask him questions, and he'll he'll answer them." Yeah, which 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 is a very funny way to talk about the fact that, like, yeah, Goddard had just was just winging it every day, right? Right? And, right? And uh, yeah, of course, the cinematographer preferred a world where, like, he might actually know how to, like, where the director might tell him what he wants. <laughs> yeah. He was he was talking about the tracking shots and and some of the long the longer shots, uh, and says you know I I I was familiar with doing shots like that because I had done them with Goddard, uh, but then he says these moving shots were nothing like Goddard's. Right. They were meticulously crafted, <laughs> and it's so like everything. Yeah, he says, like it's real. None of it. It's not yeah. polite to Goddard at all. It's not nice. To it is at not. All. It is not. He even says that like they're meticulously crafted, and he even kind of like takes a kind of even i would almost say like it's a little bit hidden but almost a bigger disc it's like oh and like that tracking shot gives you information about what's like tell like connects to the next one like it yeah there's a there's a through line there visually and like it's like oh he's basically implying that like kosagavers knows how to use visual language and goddard does not right yeah, which I think is unfair to Goddard, I will say, uh, but I still found it hilarious. Well, I, I um, would say that, like, we watch, we've watched enough Goddard that I would say that if, depending on when he worked with Goddard, Goddard does right, evolve right, as a right, filmmaker right. in terms of of actual craft. The later yeah. Goddard stuff that we've watched is much more obviously planned. I think that's fair Early too. Goddard fair is too. pretty fucking haphazard. Yeah, and if he was shooting that early Goddard, it would make sense. Right. Uh, yeah, I didn't look at actually what he shot. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't be, look either. But yeah, I, it, <laughs> it might be, be beneficial might to be click actually, through. I'm gonna click on his name and, and go find out. Have at it. Uh, I also there was a real subtle one where he doesn't actually he doesn't actually name anyone that this is in contrast to, but the fact that he says it means that it's in contrast to at least one person, mm. where he says that he never saw Costa Gavras get mad. Right, right, or, yeah, or, or yeah, like or yell at the crew or the or the actors and actresses. Uh, yeah, 
I was also surprised that he played the surgeon. I hadn't I hadn't realized that was him, the English speaking surgeon in the in the in the uh, hospital trying to save uh, our assassinated man. Um, and I did learn some one thing that I hadn't picked up from any other any of the other material he mentions uh, that the cops in the movie were the real Algerian police that they. <laughs> The extras. Yeah, for yeah, that yeah, scene yeah. No, were, he was like, and like, it, it, they. He mentioned that they, that they got. Was it him or was it Kosagavas that mentioned that like, they all got a little bit too into it and started punching each other for yeah, real? Yeah, yeah. He he funny. talked about yeah. it. He talked about. It. I think Gavras had talked about it in one of the other features too, but he definitely talked about it. That uh, that everyone was a little a little into it. Uh, not just the police, but no, no. But, all it, of the but there was a kind the, of like it was interesting. There was a kind of um. He was talking about it in a very jovial way that sort of implied that they yeah. were kind of having a little bit too much fun. Not that like it turned right. into an actual riot, but that they were all kind of got a little too into the game of punching right. each other. That they were that they were actually making connection. Right. Yeah. Is, the, the, is what he's he like, if you look at some about, of those shots, but, there's people but not, are getting punched. Not that there were negative feelings between anyone, but that they were actually punching yeah, each yeah. other. Yeah. Well, it's that, it's that kind of like they, you know, they. It's the kind of um when you. uh like you know, kind of like uh, play acting, wrestling, and stuff. Eventually, it's very right, easy right, to right, slip right. into like, oh, now we're actually hurting each other. Um, but yeah, no, it was kind of interesting. Uh, there's a lot of neat things he does with some of that stuff. Like, um, I really <laughs> one of the things I don't know uh, with the police is there's this one scene when the police start advancing on the crowd, and he shows all of them like waggling their nightsticks at waist level. Yeah, yeah, Oof, man. This guy, yeah, Very little funny. Uh, a little on the nose on that no, one. But, I, uh, perfect. But it's good. just a bunch yeah. of it. Like when you start, like you start connecting it to the idea of like this sort of macho behavior. It's real good. Um. Oh, yeah. so speaking of the cinematographer, first of all, dude is a fucking legend. Like, goddamn, he right, made yeah. every movie. Um. <laughs> right. Right. He. Yeah. This man is the French New Wave. Basically, yeah, um, yeah. He sh- he shot Breathless. He shot Shoot the Piano Player. He shot a woman as a woman. He shot Jules and Jim. He shot uh, uh, what do we got? Band Apart, Alphaville, Pierre Lafau, Le Chinois, Weekend. Yeah, uh, he shot every. Yeah. So like, I guess like, you know, seems like a person whose opinion on filmmaking one should take fairly seriously. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Um, very much, and that's just what's listed in the select. Yeah, I know. I, I was on, like huh. on Wikipedia. Well, right? my guess is that like, it, there probably my guess is he's one of those cinematographers who are making, especially sort of that kind of Wild West type time where like making a complete list is borderline impossible. Right. Where right, like right. bad crediting behavior and stuff like that means that there are probably movies he made that like people know he made but never got listed on the credits for the film and stuff like that too. So. Yeah, that might be true. I mean, he he started working in '58, uh, and was still shooting. 2001 was his last film, uh, and then, which actually is surprising because he did uh, he didn't die until 2016. Mm. Um, so he did retire. I mean, he was an old man when he stopped shooting. Right? right. He he lived to be he lived to be 92. So you know, he was 78. Was, yeah, by, I mean, when he really, when he made his last movie, what a really so. interesting person. He'd be a really interesting yeah. person to read a like a biography of he's yeah. also a war oh, photographer sure. in, in vietnam yeah. when during the uh french 
you know, sort of the French occupation of Vietnam, and there's a lot of right. Really, right. he seems like a very interesting person. But uh, yeah, it looks like it looks like he shot uh, some other stuff for for Costa Gavras, and yeah, two or three things I know about are he shot, uh, you know, made in USA. He shot so the most recent Goddard we've seen, uh, right? Uh, I mean, the most recent. The most, <laughs> the latest ones we've watched, not not like the most contemporary. Right? Yeah, ones yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I want to clarify on that. Um, but yeah, I does look like Weekend might be the last one he shot for Goddard, but I could be missing something as I scroll through IMDb. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think he shot to Bobby N. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, either way, it, it you know he, it was very fascinating to listen to him talk, and I would have liked more. I don't think there's more yeah, to that yeah. interview, but um, right. But it was a it was a really interesting and, and we well, and we so rarely not just because he was making fun of God. Well, no, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that like, helped. No, I we very rarely get these kind of comparatives between French New Wave and just sort of generally between directors. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we generally tend to get more like oh he he was inspired by this person and like this person's sort of analyses we very rarely get like yeah. on the ground well, like gotten, hey i worked with all these guys and this is how yeah. it was we have we have gotten it's material like that before uh i feel like it is only notable uh when it is not someone who's being deferential to everyone he's ever worked right, with. Right, right, yeah, that's <laughs> right. that's what I mean. It's like we there's a there's a yeah. couple layers of it. We've got like the sort of film critic type analyses where we're like, oh the, you know, where you kind of like, oh I wrote a book about this person and and they were inspired by this person. You can see that sort of there's that sort of level. Right, and then the right. second level is like, well I worked with a few different of these people and I and I'm gonna say nice things about all of them. And then there's another level that's very rare that he does and we've gotten it a couple times where it's like look i i'm i'm an old man and i'm going to tell you how i felt about working with the following people right and and, and not all bad like you know but like just sort of that like oh i you know i'm gonna give you the the straight shit about (laughs) what it was like and i can see what you know his points you if you want you know early goddard stuff is pretty yeah i wonder i mean he was obviously well-aged in that yeah. i wonder when it was shot yeah i don't know uh, i wonder it looked like it had a sort of video quality of like late 90s early 2000s i would say but it's hard to so it, the, the documentary this is just one of those situations where the documentary materials on this were just really spot on it doesn't always happen uh but i really enjoyed the interview with costa Gavras because also because oh yeah yeah costa, the well, main, costa Gavras the first interviews one was costa Gavras the, the other good. one there, I think there was one in the other one as well. The the one titled "It's Intentional." Yes, with Costa yes, Gavras yeah. talking about where it's just him. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, he's he's one of those directors that when we do hear him talk, we saw this with the other uh, movie. Um, he is able to give a lot of insight into his own films, which is not always necessarily right. the case. Whether or not they're able to or just willing to, he seems he's very willing also to, to seemingly very willing to talk about his films. Right. Which is again, we don't always get that. Right. And right. I and it, it, uh, it seems very insightful about his own work, which is good. It's a nice thing right. to see. Even as he occasionally seems like he's lying about his intentions. Yeah. Well of we his gotta own read work, the, we, but, we gotta read between yeah, the lines sometimes. Right. That's all. Right. 
Uh, I'm not trying to put idea, ideology in their heads. I'm trying to create feelings. And, you know, that's that's one of the first things he says. And and that might actually be true, right? But it's still a political film. Right, yeah, no, he, and he's got it. He has to know. Like, yeah, right, right. Like, there, it is um, impossible. I, I give it 0% chance that he actually believes it when he says that. Right, right, right. Given, given that this one is about Greece, his home country, uh, that... That bonus feature also gets into him talking about the political situation in right. Greece, which is very interesting, and the political situation of his life, that his uh, his father was an anti-Nazi uh, uh, part of the Greek resistance. The, specifically uh, the communist he, part of it. Yes, that he was arrested for being a communist, uh, that because his parents were openly communist and his father had been arrested, he could not get the right certificates to uh, go to university in Greece uh, because he had to, <laughs> your parents had to be citizens in good standing, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, interestingly, I don't think he mentions it there. He might have, and I missed it. Uh, but for similar reasons, he was not allowed to emigrate to the U.S. That, uh, uh, he didn't talk is, about it there, but that doesn't yeah. even surprise me a little bit. Which is another reason why he ended up in Paris. He he just says, I couldn't go to university in Greece, so I went to Paris. Uh, but apparently he had tried to study film in the U.S. and was uh, was barred from entry from something I read. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah. Well, and, all, and all that, and like all that adds up, right, to tell you, yeah, like he, he is, a, he, this is a person who's done, who's got two things. He's definitely not making he does not believe that these movies are not political, number one. And number right, two, right, right. he's a person who's learned to say the things that you have to say right. to be able to keep making movies 100%, while also making, yes. obviously, highly political films. Yeah. yeah. He describes this movie as uh, he wanted to make a movie that showed the police were sometimes used for purely political reasons, uh, which is also a pretty... Uh, uh, a pretty safe way to word what yeah. he's trying to say there. Yeah. Um, the The police are a political entity, and they are they are they are the enforcement of status quo, and they are the enforcement of the monopoly of violence of the state. Uh, I might be getting a little anarchist in what I'm saying there, but it's also just true. Right. So um, yeah, no, he yeah he yeah he he has learned. He clearly, probably at a very young age, learned deft political speech as right, a as right, a right, as a right. technique for surviving uh, in a world where, uh, as we've seen, like it's not just it's not just your home country, right? Like, right, like America also would probably very willingly, like, very be very prone to like dropping the hammer on him too. You know, it's it's do you want your film to be seen anywhere other than like? a single theater in France or something like that. You know what I right, mean? Like, right, right, right. It's not, it, it's not just like political retribution in the sort of like violent sense, but also in the like, Oh, you want people to watch your movies? Like, it, you know, it, it's a whole thing. Right. And he seems like he's, he knows how to do it. Yes. yes. And apparently is he going does. to carry it to his grave and going to, and, and, and continue <laughs> doing it all the way at the end. Keep at it. Even, even if like, maybe it's not a hundred percent necessary anymore. Per se, right. 
but also like the wind those winds change very very easily right 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 you never know when it's not necessary anymore. right exactly maybe it's not uh, necessary especially right at this especially moment. if you've actually lived through it right right, right. uh yeah um it, it's a it is a sort of it is a sort of trauma response that you see in people who've been dealt with these sort of situations like well it's better to just hedge your bets all the time yeah and, and he's right though because also like his audience fucking figures it out it doesn't take a like a damn genius to figure out that th- what these yeah. movies are trying to say without him coming out and telling you in a, in a little documentary right like right yeah, pretty easy to course, figure out he is he is living in a system that is doing that hedging all the time right. this is based on a book that fictionalizes the story in the same way certainly right right and it's fictionalized in order to be released right uh the the guy who does the music for this uh part of the songs on the soundtrack is uh uh, are adaptations of uh, poems from Brendan Bahan's play *The Hostage*, which is about the Irish independence struggle. And by by using those words of the Irish struggle, he has a way to circumvent censorship within right. Greece because he's not talking about Greece, right? right. He's talking about the British, but. <laughs> You know. Right. Uh so that's very you know, everybody's everybody's doing that. Right, yeah, no, and everybody to. has to, right? right. It, well, it's exactly yeah. it, right? And and bear in mind that movie this movie feels very modern in our minds because like partially the way it's shot and, and a lot of things like that. It it this movie's using very a lot of very sophisticated sort of film language that feels extremely modern. Uh even by today, like this movie feels at least like a movie that was made 10 to 15 years later in a lot of ways, right. stylistically. But keep in mind, it's only 1969. Yeah. Like, he has very good reasons to be worried about a lot of stuff, and so does everybody else you just named involved in the thing, right? Like, there's very real dangers right. associated with uh, these these sort of, and And there still are. I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying that, like... Right. We, uh, so right. We've... The Dane, you know, but is a very is still a very dangerous time to be yeah. walking around in that, doing these things. In that same way that they are using other people's struggles to talk about their struggle as as a means of being able to talk about the struggle, this movie becomes a way that other people are able to talk about the struggle. Right, and uh, you know the the Black Panthers are putting on showings of this movie. Right. I mean, this is it is not inaccurate. To say this movie could be about the U.S., this is this comes out in 1969. In 1968, there is uh, one of the largest historical police riots in the U.S. at the Democratic National Convention. Yeah, uh, this is a time where police are actively, uh, inarguably, being political forces and enforcing a a dogmatic conservatism. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. which is yeah, as we've talked, a thing that they definitely continue to do to this day. But yeah, <laughs> right, 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 one hundred percent. Um, yeah. So you know, and what Fred Hampton would have been murdered right before this movie came out too, yeah, right? I think so. Uh, I, I've I've forgotten when exact what exactly the date is on that, but December sixty nine. So right around release time, right? Probably, probably. Within weeks of it getting a U.S. release, I'd be I'd be surprised. Uh, May of '69, it came in, 
it it was released at con right i'm actually um, sure i'm not clear on exactly how wide the american release right right is. when it when it could have got i mean there's probably a reason that the panthers were holding right the that's what i was saying it, is right? like when i'm looking <laughs> um, at this like um yeah like it talks about okay so it was also very popular in the united states grossing 17.3 billion a million but okay. like, well, but that, I don't. That certainly that implies wide necessarily release. tell us when it was released. Um, right, right, and and that's because that's know, that gross. That gross might not be 1969. <laughs> it might be right, exactly. since like it, it's, since 1969. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, well, it was. It was nominated for Academy Awards. Uh, it won Best Foreign Language um, and Best Film Editing. Uh, so that implies. Yeah, I mean, it may have been widely. It was shown. seen in the U.S. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's hard to say because um, they don't yeah. they don't really get into it. Uh, I mean, these are all things from 1970, so that that checks right. out. Um, right. But I, it's also one of those things where, like, it doesn't that still doesn't really tell us how wide the screening was at the initial screening. Yeah, that, there's a lot of information we don't have. Um, right, and it's it's a double edged sword too, right? Because the British establishment and the American establishment, uh, a certain aspect of them will always love celebrating a movie that paints a foreign government as evil. Yeah, I mean, even one even, that they actually, even, even one that they actually right. technically support, like are actually yeah. active supporters of. Yeah, yeah, uh, especially, especially, yeah. There, there is an amount of othering that America has for. Uh, Southeast Europe, yeah. right, and Eastern Europe in general, but but certainly as well Greece and Macedonia and and you know areas around there. So there's, I feel like there's an amount of uh, of embracing this movie in uh, in America or Britain that could be explained of just these foreign countries these foreign police states right are so it, bad, it is they? one of those things where they're like uh, oh yeah maybe at least we'll... we're not like them there's this really fine line that exists in the united states especially and i think in the uk you're talking about that like where like political films that make other countries look bad are fine even if they're technically your allies so long as people don't start drawing the wrong conclusions from right said right, material right, right, and right. then applying it more broadly to the system as a whole, which this is one of those movies that's right on that edge, right? Like, you know, the Black Panthers certainly are drawing that conclusion, but it's whether or not the general audience of America is also drawing that conclusion or whether they've mentally separated that and said, no, this is, this is a, this is a Greek thing. This is a Southern European, but it's, it's what the Greeks are doing too by letting uh Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally. Letting music about the the Irish independence struggle <laughs> through un unfiltered right. while you know, while they wouldn't allow this movie to be made, certainly. Yeah, um, I mean absolutely. It, it is it's just you know, we've we've all seen it. Like at this point, like this is a thing that we've all encountered in our own lives. And it's just that line is really a, a kind of a funny one and it, it it's very flexible things that pass that test initially can then fail that test later. And right. You know, right it's right, very, right, right. it's very uh, mutable. It's, yeah. It's not, it's not a hard, fast rule. Yeah. Certainly. Mm. An advanced copy of the film was show, yeah, uh, shown it. at the United front against fascism conference in 1969, which is very interesting. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it, it, 
it is actually a little bit stunning to me that this played what seems to have played wide release in the United States, honestly speaking. Because any movie that, honestly speaking, in my mind, any movie that the Black Panthers actively show underground screens of and like get advanced copies of seems like the sort of movie that the United States establishment would shut down in a heartbeat. Right, right. So it's a little, I mean, it's a little confused. It's not confusing. It's just a movie, hard to understand. a movie shown at this at this conference, the United Front Against Fascism right. was five thousand people from organized by the Black Panthers, uh, with members of the Communist Party USA, uh, Peace and Freedom Party, Progressive Labor Party, Red Guard Party, Southern Christian Leadership Conference, uh, Students for a Democratic Society, Third World Liberation Front. Uh, the Young Lords, the Young Patriots Organization, the Young Socialist Alliance. Uh, that's just, that is an amazing, yeah. uh, an amazing consortium of, of groups to be all together anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I am incredibly surprised. That's what I'm saying that, is, right? Like, that's why I keep that, coming back that, to this thing where I'm like, right. did this have a wide release? Or or yeah. or are those numbers those those box office numbers in America kind of a what's that? It gross. We don't even know that those are box office numbers. What I'm saying is like, and like so I'm really wondering. This this list was was compiled in 1994 by Variety, yeah, and a feature about in top grossing independent films. So that gross is a. It's very important that they don't say box office. Right, right. Which right, makes right. me wonder precisely. Now, later up, earlier on, later up on the in the sort of like little blurb that they do about movies, they put it as box office, but that could also be a function of um, Wikipedia not always being the most accurate source of information. Right, right, um, right, right. They have that like that little like film. I don't know what you call it. Their little film block that they put on every film has certain categories that get filled in that your the style guide. So I'm not sure that calling that box office is definitely accurate. I'd have to you'd have to get that 1994 article of Variety to actually find out what right. Variety says. In all seriousness, because like I don't know that that necessarily was box office because like it did play on American TV in 1974 on ABC. Uh, yeah, and that's not that's not that's that, not that much later, after, right? But that is that is correspondent to. The fall of the Junta, though, right? Right. Uh, and, and didn't that dissolve in in seventy four as well? I have to go look, but it wouldn't surprise me because also there's a there's a whole other American thing right there where it's like retroactively like altering your stat your your you know your uh, sort of um, I don't know what you call it your official uh, views of of a thing once once it's fallen. Oh yeah, we were never yeah. Yeah, yeah. The finally, the the Greek junta fell, and we were always against that terrible thing. No, we never right. sent them lots of guns and troops and stuff. That's not a thing we did. Right, 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 right. right oh, what right. you're talking about? Uh, oh, 1973. Man. Yeah, they fell in 1973, and then a thing called the Hellenic Republic, which I don't know what that was. Existed. It for was a. Yeah, it was a a period of democratization. I assumed um, it was like so a temporary, was, like it basically yeah. being a year is like some sort of transition government thing. But yeah, like, I, I think it was designed to be a year 
Yeah. Uh, maybe. You see that sometimes with those, with, with the, like, oh, well, we need to establish a government now. Yeah. Um, Huh. Yeah. I. I. Either way, it's sort of um. They um. Yeah. It. It, it is. You are right. That boy. Nineteen seventy four does seem surely very suspicious, as an airing right. date for on ABC. Um. But yeah. I. I just. I will. Short of me going and finding a nineteen ninety four Variety article, which. <laughs> right. I'm kind. Or a is a thing. I or a nineteen seventy four TV guide. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is right. a thing I might do. But also, I'm probably not going to unless I really just get a, a bug in my brain about it and spend right, right, all right, afternoon right. doing it. Um, I wonder if, if somebody, you know, people do people. Some people have done a very admirable job of archiving old magazine articles, which I think is really yeah. I, so. It's possible it's out there. Yeah, probably. Just gotta find the right information. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's. This movie is is surprisingly radical considering it's surprising that as we said, it's surprising that it got shown as much as it seems to have, considering how it it despite what Costa Garvis has said, nobody watches this movie and walks away being like, Oh, that was Right, right. What a you know, what a what an apolitical political thriller that was. Um Yeah. Now, of course, you know, as I've already sort of said, there is there is always the chance of an audience seeing this and and being able to write it off as something that happens in a foreign yeah, country. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And I and I think that, that that's they're definitely counting on that in a yeah. lot of ways, right? But yeah. Right. Um other one other thing I wanted to talk about with this movie for sure is we've talked a little bit about it and we mentioned that um the the sort of the pacing and stuff. But like I that he Alvarez talks about it a little bit but like that editing, especially in the, um, I that editing, especially in the um, the interview scenes at the very towards the end of the movie, that really fast mm-hmm. jump cut editing, like um, yeah. other other directors have mentioned his style being a a Z being an influence on their on their filmmaking, and I'm trying to I I want to know if you th- feel like like. Oliver Stone and Steven Soderbergh and a few different directors have mentioned that this movie really affected. And I, when I say that this movie feels ahead of its time, I think that's one of the things I'm latching on to is that you start, I don't know if the, I don't think he necessarily originated, but if all these directors see this as a influence, if we, if we see an uptick later on of that kind of editing style, because, a bunch of directors well, watch this movie. Hmm. Uh, well, it's interesting that Soderbergh and uh, um, and Stone are the ones who come up because something like Traffic or well, yeah, Soderbergh specifically lists for Traffic, right? Like, yeah. Um. Or uh, we'll be watching in just a little bit. We'll be watching Soderbergh's Che. Right. Uh, you know, these are guys who who do make political right, films. Right. 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 And, I, and it's one... not necessarily Soderbergh's bread and butter, but right. Uh, certainly, it's what Stone is known for right. predominantly. And, and right. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> and I'm wondering, kind of where my brain is at is like, like obviously politically wise, right? Like 
somebody like Oliver Stone or somebody would watch this movie and and probably seem to take a lot of political information away from it as right. well. But um, and and just inspiration of being able to do something right, do political stuff like, like this, this. Right, right? Absolutely, and like admire and admiring that sort of the sort of the guts of it, right? Some of that stuff, but also. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember traffic very well. This is a very this is a this is a weak spot in my mind. You tell we've had this conversation probably fifty. I do not remember traffic like at all. I know we watched it. Like I and I look at the pictures. I'm like, yeah, that's a movie I've seen. Couldn't tell you yeah. a damn thing about it. Uh, and I was wondering if you think any of that sort of st- stylistic choices show up in. In traffic, I mean the particularities that you're latching onto. I don't. I don't necessarily see in traffic, um, but traffic. Traffic feels too broad okay. for me to really to really think about. When I think about traffic and and style choices in mm. traffic, I think about how the Mexico shots are all orange and right. The, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the the Ohio shots are all blue, and, right? Because um, uh, like I know with Oliver Stone, I wouldn't say that this was a thing for that. That's a thing for him. Like I every I, th- I think about Oliver Stone films. I don't th- that that kind of editing is not a thing I remember in any of them, and I don't remember yeah. if any of the sort of Soderbergh um, political films had that sort of element to it or not. Right. I wouldn't say it's it's completely absent in any of them. Like that sort of fast jump cut editing is something you see in movies in general now. Like it's just a thing that is popular at certain times, especially in like sort of montage type sequences. But um, you know, because right. something like Wall Street has a little bit of that in there and, and, and some of that stuff. But yeah, I was just trying to think. Like, I, I'm just curious where this fits in the timeline of the popularization of that particular style. Uh, I don't know. It, I mean, it's certainly uh, not sure... the first. I'm not trying to imply it's the first film to use like right, rapid right, jump right. cuts or I don't... anything like that. Yeah, but um... I think I think there are the ways this movie was pioneering are probably uh, more closely related to uh, fusing of story and style, right? right of yeah, making yeah, of making an an action paced political movie. Is right, its own right. thing. You know? Yeah, that's true. And, um, and I've definitely, I it's very, I can't put a, a finger on it, but I've definitely seen plenty of other movies in the aftermath of this that do that. Right, that that sort of like right. this is a political thriller that I've that we've paced like a an action movie. Um, yeah, I think the Manchurian Candidate, the yeah, the original certainly, and, and probably the remake too. Both uh, both would would come to mind. Um, yeah. But uh, but I can't think of any yeah, I, I more mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, but yeah. Well, the problem, part of the problem is that, like, in a lot of ways, unless they're very, very impactful and very, very important, a lot of political. But also the the, the original, the original Manchurian Candidate was before this anyway. Right, it came out in sixty two. My memory so, of the original Manchurian yeah. Candidate didn't was not styled. My memory of it is that right. It's, not it's been styled. a very long time since right. I've seen Me it. Too, so but... I was just, I was more thinking about political thrillers than I was necessarily right. thinking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, but but my, my thought is that like yeah, I I wonder you'd you'd have to do it, this would be like a thing that a, a film scholar would like dig into and actually spend right, time right, on. Right. right. We don't have the time or the energy. It's just a thing I'm curious about because 
Right. Um, it, wow. It's interesting to think about like what what am, stylistic choices and what movies because this movie was also a humongous hit, right? Yeah. Like I am sure that there is at least one person listening yelling at us right now because we don't know and they do. Uh, and if you are I'm, one of those uh, grateful people, that that person exists, yeah, please you, you'd let always know. let us know. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I it's it's it is it is I mean like but also it's it's one of those things where like this is kind of like niche knowledge, right? Like you would have to have right. a, a fairly wide breadth of knowledge of specifically political I mean thrillers. also at this point there are probably there are probably this movie's precedents are probably movies we've seen that we're just forgetting about. That's right? also true. That we've like, watched I mean, for this a, project. We, so. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like I said, this style is very familiar to me, and so it's it, it it's it's yeah. doing that thing where it's like jogging my brain, but not enough to like make me be able to like just tell you what movies I'm thinking of. But yeah, I um, I do, I really do like a lot of the stylistic choices in this movie. And right, what I actually right, right. one of the other things I is um the the cinematographer brings this up, but it's also it's this. It, there's a really interesting fusion happening here because he's also they're also mixing that kind of political thrilling pacing with sort of a documentarian style of yeah of shooting and and it produces a really interesting result that is really yeah something i've seen before I, but not very often there there is a way where that has become ubiquitous of shooting action scenes action sequences with uh with handheld steady cams so that the action right. is very frenetic and you're you're inside it in a documentary. But this doesn't have way. the shaky cam problem that a lot well, of cer- those movies have. Certainly not. Certainly not. And I think I think there are people who have have taken lessons from this and and done it in ways that doesn't work for me. Um but you know, in that regard I think of the uh um a couple scenes in the middle of like Children of Men around the, yeah the yeah yeah the, I mean the baby Children, Children of, Man, of Men Men does have a bit of a shaky, shaky cam problem. It is from that yeah. era where they're like, oh, we can convey action by making the camera borderline unreadable to the to the <laughs> yeah. audience. I, I, Children of Men is an amazing movie. I'm not saying it's not. Right, it's right. just it, that. What, but the, also, the keep in mind the cinematographer at the time was talking about that with regards, especially also to lighting. And the fact that the movie yeah. is very naturalistically lit instead of right. going for right. really impactful and pops that, of color right, and right. contrast. And that is that is uh documentary documentary in style. Right. Uh you know, and of course, you know, that sort of steady cam handheld stuff, you know, we we have seen pioneers of people doing stuff like that. Right. Uh there's uh a sequence in one of the Ophuls movies we watched. Yeah, no, yeah, phenomenal yeah. of a handheld camera, uh, but that is not. It is not a norm. No, uh, and is not. It is not something that. Uh, no, and we've seen. <laughs> I think. I think probably some of the some of the early Travaux and Goddard stuff that uh, that our cinematography here, here shot uh, or times when they experimented with like handheld cameras no, they, they and, like, absolutely are we, we yeah, know for sequences sure they where are. they <laughs> yeah sequences where they had the had the cameraman what, what? sitting on a sitting on a uh, uh wheelchair uh i think that what's that from i can't remember which uh which trofo gangster movie right, that yeah, they did yeah. that in but well but yeah. what i'm what i'm thinking specifically though is marrying none of those that i can remember the gar or the trofo 
films marry some of them are very action have action elements but they're kind of like old hollywood action elements where like yeah whereas this specifically blending this with that that fast cut sort of modern action movie aesthetic is a very interest it, it, it is not something i've encountered very often and have very yeah. many memories of seeing and it, and it did something kind of special because it kept that pacing alive while also kind of trying to very clearly conveying to you like oh i'm telling you a real story right like right. this is this is real um yeah and i think the the real action sequence in this um the real most impressive ac- action stuff that's also shot very, very well, or like the the truck fight, right? That's, right. Yeah, yeah. That all, yeah. Where we've got a a fight on the back of a very small truck right. yeah. driving through a dark city. Well, and, and uh, that that shot's amazing, just because like yeah, that's where you get into the sort of meticulous planning of of, our, of the director, right? Where it's like right, right. A truck is not very big. There's not a lot of. Yeah. That has to be pretty well planned, I imagine, to make it work because um, there's not a lot of wiggle room there, uh, right? So, right, and they're also on apparently a shoestring budget. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, shoestring enough that no one had stunt doubles, so yeah. everybody's everybody's doing their own stunt work in that fight sequence too. Uh, and in in <laughs> in that regard, I love I love the shoestring budget everybody's got to do their own stunts in that Perrin is also the producer so like, <laughs> right. he he he's the one who's chased down in the car sequence right not the not the fight on the truck but right, yeah but the one running from the car later on which you know is less dangerous but not non-dangerous right right uh, right you know uh things could certainly still go wrong in that <laughs> but yeah yeah, you know, at least he's, at least he's willing to put himself on the line in the same way that he's right. asking other people. Yeah, everybody to be on the line. Everybody in. Well, it, it, yeah. yeah, this movie is is. It definitely has that vibe to it of like, well, okay, we all, everybody, everybody who's involved in this movie in any capacity is in this movie because right, no right. money. Yes, the the producer has a main role. The cinematographer has a, <laughs> is, is, is a doctor in one of the scenes. Yeah, just like, yeah. And he like it's refers to that on. as being the fashion, but also I'm like, that's also a money thing. Let's be clear here. Right, actors are expensive. I, uh, People you're already paying to paying to be the cinematographer are cheap. I I'm not real sure that that's the fashion, Qatar. Well, not, I I think maybe he's does he cite it as the examples fashion because maybe he's had to do it in every movie he's ever filmed up until then right. because it was also Truffaut and Goddard on relatively. Did they do low it? Budgets. I can't. I don't know if maybe. he was actually in them, but like he mentioned that it was like of the fashion that like those guys had done that sort of stuff too. So I was like, yeah. Know, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder how many sort of bit parts he actually has in like. In the late sixties, early set, like throughout the sixties, early seventies. Let's click through and look at his acting credits. Well, see, that's the thing uh, is, I really wonder how many of those are credited, right? So, IMDb lists him with four acting credits, and they are as cameraman in Contempt, okay. which Contempt had a movie within the movie. Right. So he, he, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't believe the the crew had any lines in Contempt, but I don't remember Contempt that well. No, me neither. Unfortunately. Uh, to say that, no. um, he is in Z yeah. as the surgeon. 
uh, the English surgeon, in fact. Uh, he is in a movie called uh, Hoa Bin in 1970 as Angry Frenchman, <laughs> nice. uncredited. Um, this is a movie um, that he directed. Right, uh, okay. So I wonder how uh, much I wonder yeah. how much is, this is actually the style the style <laughs> uh which would have been around the same time too 1970 yeah. and then 1971 uh he plays uh the voyeur with a camera in a movie called The Hideout uh which is directed by Mark Simonon um yeah, don't know. Don't know that one. Don't know that director. But uh looks like it might be uh, a heist comedy uh, from what I'm – yeah, just from what I'm seeing. The cover makes it look like it might be a comedy, and it, does, it seems to be a heist movie. Right. But anyway, yeah, so he uh, – <laughs> we've apparently seen him act before aside yeah. from this because we have seen Contempt. Uh, but, yeah, um, I don't <laughs> – Describing it as of the style, I really don't like. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, Abe Simpson saying, "I had the, you know, I had the onion on my pants or whatever." Right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. It's. Uh, I really just do love this movie. Yeah, no, I There's really so do. I, I, I mean. Uh, I don't know what yeah. all Costagavras movies are like because we've only seen two, but like I'm on a steady tick towards saying like, wow, this is just one of my favorites. He, he just, yeah. he's between this and missing. I'm like, these are both just, yeah. Wow. They're just hits for me. Like they, they're, they, I have no, no complaints <laughs> at all. Um, and I also like weirdly enough, like we're, we're going a bit long, but the other thing that this called to mind that, as I wonder if how much it's influenced by this is that all the scenes with the with the sort of like police generals and those kind of people in this movie called the mind um, what is it uh, the death of Stalin yeah that comedy yeah. like it's like you have to wonder because like it's that's you know obviously that's much more over the top just a comedy movie obviously right but right it's still playing that same sort of dark space of like these are very silly stupid people who have a lot of power to just kill to be yeah. extremely dangerous. I will I will say one more thing on this movie. It it shows a thing that I have experienced in real life that within this movie is meant to be a shorthand for us to know everyone's true motivations. And the fact that I have experienced in real life is just so indicative of everything I believe about the world. Okay. And that is that during those uh, scenes outside of the meeting mm -hmm. uh, when the when the clashes are first starting to happen. Yeah. The police are facing the pacifists. Oh, yeah. No, and absolutely. Have their yeah. backs, and have their backs toward the people trying to instigate violence. Uh, yeah. And the amount of times where I have been in protest situations where the police are facing uh, my group and universally have their backs toward right-wing people carrying weapons yeah, actively <laughs> militant right-wing uh individuals. Yeah. yeah 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 um yeah it just oh it, no yeah i, I noticed that too time. when i was watching i was like and, oh this this all and, checks out right and certainly within this movie it is meant to be an early clue 
that the police whose side the police are right. on right uh and it is also a clue in real life right right uh yeah a, like a very sort of blatant a, one uh, yeah very yeah. much a the art in this situation is just talking right, about things right. the way they actually are right yeah which i mean it's the entire point of the movie yeah. right <laughs> that these these are the things that actually are these are real events that have happened their names have been changed but the uh it, it is the resemblance to real things is intentional yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah it's uh it's very good we will get to watch a couple more Gavris films. It's it's in a while. Uh, they're in the 700s. Okay. Um, but we will watch his 1972 film, State of Siege. Okay. And his 1970 film, Confession. I, I um, did want to see Confession. They, they brought it up yeah. in the documentary a little bit, and it seems like it's pretty stylistically different. Um, and it's apparently, I think specifically about communist politics yes um confession is uh based on czechoslovak communist uh uh incidents and uh state of siege is about an incident in uruguay uh where an american diplomat is kidnapped yeah uh Um, good to know kosgavras keeps his themes alive right 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 uh yeah so look forward to those. But as I said, they will be uh, they're They're a few years off and they are currently the only Gavras listed. Right. So if we uh, if we want to watch the murder mystery on the train. Yeah, we may, we might we just... may need to make a list or something that involves yeah. some of the other Kosagavra stuff that's not ever going to show up on our. Right, right, right. We just have to find out like what the best not in the Criterion Collection ones are. Right, I and mean, the available ones. Yeah, that I mean, the, the sleeping car murders seems to have be, be the reason people are signing on to make movies with him in many right. ways. Uh, so right. that so. might be worth note. Right, man, all of his movies are like this. Holy shit! I'm just like looking through his his uh, through his um his sort of filmography, and they're like all of his movies. <laughs> like, there seems yeah. like there's a few like just sort of family dramas maybe mixed in, but like. It does seem to like continue onward. I don't know. I don't know. Knowing what we know about his family, uh, yeah, that's a family also drama true. is also a political yeah. thriller. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, given that you know, he obviously directed more than four movies, and there are only four movies in the Criterion Collection. We have other stuff right. to draw from if we yeah. want, uh, and it might be worthwhile to look into. Uh, yeah. Mostly because. Uh, I want you all to vote to let me watch the sleeping car murders. Yeah, basically, me it too. seems like yeah. a really interesting I movie. I really want to watch um, that too. Yeah, I want uh, you to give me an excuse for me to watch a movie that you know I want to watch. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Ah, uh, well, we could probably tr- draw this yeah, to a probably. close. This week we've been talking about Costa Gavras and Z from 1969, uh, based on the book of the same name, based in turn on the real life assassination of Greek politician, Gregoris Lembrakis. Uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Next week, we'll be uh, uh, jumping to uh, one of our more contemporary movies. We've watched some stuff more contemporary than this, but not a lot. 2008, with A Christmas Tale, directed by Ahmad uh, Desplichin. Um if only we could have timed it better. We could have watched a Christmas tale at really Christmas. Up. 
we're we're months late now, but we'll have to we'll have to persevere and watch a a Christmas movie. I'll redecorate in... my house to get into the mood. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, as as some listeners may know, I did uh, release a song in December called "Christmas Comes in February," so it might be appropriate that well, we're watching go. a Christmas tale uh, in February. Um, yeah, why not? I'm sure, I mean, they're not going to sure get this... into March, but yeah. <laughs> Right, right, right. And also, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that this movie holds none of the same themes as the song I wrote. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to Lost in Criteria. I am, as always, Leon Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick Otari Dorgan. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Criterion. I'm your co-host Adam Glass. You can find me on Twitter at the Adam Glass. My partner is John Patrick Oitari Dorgan, and you can find him at J Patrick Dorgan. Check out more of the show at lostincriterion.com or hey, give us a review on iTunes. It's nice. If you really like what you hear, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash lostincriterion. Hey, our theme music is by Jonathan Hape. Check him out at jonathanhape.com. And thanks for listening. We appreciate it.